Welcome to another leadership podcast from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. That's right. Um, we're going to just jump right into the, uh, the scripture tonight, and uh, I'll make a few comments about some good things going on. But we're in our series entitled Identity. And if you want to follow along in the notes, they're available there using the QR code. I want to remind you that there are two different identities that we all walk in. One is your perceived identity, who you think you are. It's a formulated concept based on what people have said to you, your successes, your failures, your wins, your losses, your thought process. And that's a version of you, but it's not the most correct version of you because the correct version of who you really are, your real identity, is based on what God has been saying over your life since the moment you were conceived. Who he says you are, what he says you're worth, what he says about your future, that is your biblical identity. We've been talking all along that your biblical identity will forever be under attack by other voices in your life arguing a lesser version of you. Because your moment of failure will talk loud and tell you that's who you are. And I am telling you that's not who God says you are. Some of the voices of your experience will whisper in your ear and tell you that you're, you're, you are stuck and this is the best it's going to get. And I'm telling you that is not biblically true. God's got great things for your future. He's got good things for you. If you're still a pulse, God's got great things for your future. And so in the process of all of this, we're striving to lean into our biblical identity. Great verse, wanna read it over you tonight, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you. We're gonna go back and look at the verses before that, but it's about identity. You used to be something, but after meeting Christ, you began to experience something. And it's read here in the scripture. It says you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There's a change, there's a transition, there's a better version of you coming. You, I'm telling you, you are, you are improving. You may not be what you want to be, you may not be the best version of you, but if you are engaged in a relationship with God, you are taking ground to achieve that. It's happening. You are succeeding. We can see the growth in you. You are moving forward. You're not perfect. Welcome to the human race, but you are becoming perfected. And so I just want to entitle this message, Leaving in Order to Become. All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your good people, all different ages in this room. Thank you so much for your protection, overshadowing us, for answering prayer. So many good things going on, and we just love you. We thank you. It's a privilege to know you, God. I pray that we'll grow to know you in increasing levels. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Um, I wanted to uh, say a couple things. I think it's, I want to say to Pastor Ben in the back row over there, the pastor of this local church, thank you for allowing us to use your building. We will forever be thankful for the opportunity. Um, thank you. Thanks, Ben. We appreciate it very much. Give, give him a big, big, big hand. The building is just a tool. It's not uh, who we are. 
If you can't thrive in a borrowed facility, you won't thrive in a owned facility. But uh, I got a lot of confidence in you guys and a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation. This has been a very, very, very busy couple weeks for me personally, and I'm not complaining. I enjoy being busy. Um, lots going on, but it's also been a somewhat emotional and reminiscent, and uh, I'll say more next week, but I, 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 me and Rowena, we love and appreciate you guys and are so, so privileged to be on this journey together. I look around the room, and you know, I'm looking at Brenton back there who had an accident, and he got in a headbutting contest with a horse last week. And listen, I don't know who won, but I'll say this. That horse ain't here, is he? <laughs> Come on. Right? We got, we're square on that? Okay. Just I know uh, it's great to see Kim here tonight. She had surgery this week and praying for her and looking around the room and just, just good people. Some, some of you are newer. Some of you have been here for a long time. Um, great tech team in the background. They are... Right now, they can't, it's like the night before Christmas. Well, no, we would, op well, we open the gifts on the night before Christmas, don't we? We're biblical. The wise men came at night, following a star. We open the gifts at night, right? Because uh, they know that right now over at the building, carpet is three quarters in. Um, but what's really happening this weekend are texts uh, from a company that we hired are in dialing in sound, audio, lighting, and our audiovisual stuff. And yet they're here serving. Thank you guys very much for doing that. Um, yeah, so I should probably preach. I'm going to get all emotional up here. Well, next week's going to be great. And, and know this, that um, over the next few weeks, we're going to have to dial in the building. There's some things we're going to be adding and getting in order. It's why we're not doing a great big grand opening yet. We're going to wait till the fall time to really advertise heavily and let the public know that we're there. Now, there are people who stop by every single day asking. They walk in like, when are you guys opening? It's, just, it's pretty bizarre, to be honest with you. Um, and most of it's been good. The lady with the buoy knife last week who went after our plumber, that was a little different. But we've got some big security guys on our, in our church, and so we're pretty sure that's not going to be an issue. Uh, I, I just told the plumber, I said, hey, man, you still got it. You didn't get that joke? Okay, so <laughs> I'll be here all night. Okay, um, let me read the verse to you. This idea of leaving to become is the idea that you may not be what you are designed to be, but as long as you're taking step forward, you're in pursuit, but you're also leaving something that's behind you. And that's what it takes. It takes to step into what God has, you've got to be willing to leave Maybe even some things that you feel comfortable with or are used to, and it's a forward motion, leaving what's behind, pressing towards what's ahead. Now, it's, this is a pretty heavy scripture, uh, but it is in the Bible, and there we go. 1 Corinthians, these are the verses before that I didn't read to you. It says there, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Let me say this, the kingdom of God is the kingdom that you step into even here in your lifetime. It's not heaven. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is not heaven. It includes heaven, but it's the kingship of Christ when you say yes to him and you give your life to him. The kingdom of heaven begins the moment in your life when you say, I'll follow you, Lord. Right then and there, you begin to experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. 
That is all, um, it's an amazing concept, but you step under a new ruler, you step into a new economy, you step into new provisions. It's so remarkable experiencing the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. There are so many verses about you experiencing the kingdom of heaven. Now it does say, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And the best expression of this is you cannot experience the kingdom of God on this earth until you step away from unrighteousness and begin to pursue the righteous one. It's not saying that you've got to be completely sin-free, but it's you're pursuing the one who died for your sin. You become righteous the moment you say yes to Jesus, warts and all imperfections and all. I, listen, I know me better than any of you do, and I'm telling you what, I, I polish up maybe good on the, you know, when I'm around people, but I know the thoughts in my brain sometimes and the frustrations I have, and I, it looks sometimes more unrighteous than righteous if I'm, if I'm making the measurement. But I know that I'm righteous because Christ gave his life and paid for every sin of mine, past, present, and future. That doesn't give me an excuse to go around and act unrighteous, It's just the confidence to know that he's paid for that. And he's not only paid for my sin, but he's paid for the opportunity for me to step into the better version of myself. That's what the resurrection is all about. Um, Good Friday is, 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 you know, what, 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 you know, uh, (laughs) I've been at the, I've been at the church building like for three days straight. So if I make any sentences that are complete tonight, just the, oh, and if I don't make complete sentences, that's just our pastor. Just okay. When Christ died, He died to pay for your sin, and if that's all that happened, that's great. But you're stuck in your sin. Three days later, He rose to show you that sin could not hold Him down, which is the promise to you that you can step out of. Honestly, I'm speaking about myself, the idiot that I used to be. And become the person God has designed me to be. As Christ steps out of the tomb with victory over sin, he hands that to you and I so that we can have our own victory over sin. And it's not all at one time. It's a process. There's things you'll overcome and then moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm still that way. But it's a pursuit where you're taking ground and moving forward. So that's what that first verse is really talking about. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? You can't begin to experience it until you say yes to Jesus. You can hang around it. You kind of look at it. You can observe it. You can get excited about it. You can be like, wow, that's really cool. That person got healed. But to really step personally into All the benefits of Christianity requires you to step into it. You can observe it, you can look at it and enjoy it, but there comes a moment where you've got to say, I do. For me, this is also uh, an emotional month because in 1985, in April, I was 18 years old, walked into a church, and I said yes to Jesus. And it radically from that moment forward transformed my life. And I know that I could, I would so, I can, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. But furthermore, I can't imagine the debris that would be in my rearview mirror. I can't even wrap my, because I know me, I know what I was doing, I know what my background was, I know what my values were, and they were so twisted by all of the voices. But Jesus, when he began to work in my life that April, Small steps forward, but brought big changes, radical changes, better ways of living, better ways of thinking, dreaming about things 
that God had for me that I never dreamed that I could be a part of. The places I've lived, the friends that I've made, um, the things I've got to do, the things that have been done for me. It is, in, it is just remarkable the, the difference that Christ has made for my life. And I can tell you this, I don't have a lot of regrets, but there's a lot of things that I do differently. But one thing that I would never change was the decision to say yes to Jesus. That's, that is, without a doubt, no regrets. I'm not saying every moment is easy, but I know this, it makes me a better husband. It makes me a better dad. It makes me a better grandfather. It makes me a better friend. It makes me a better person. It makes me better with money. It makes me better in business. It makes me better in relationships. There's not a, it makes me more physically healthy. I'm going to live longer because I said yes to Jesus. Are you hearing me? It affects every area of my life because it's a kingdom that touches every area of our life. Boy, I'm not going to get to my message if I don't get going, so let me, let me move forward. Now, it goes on to list some things. It says, do not be deceived, and it begins to list some unrighteous acts. It's not the full list of unrighteous acts in the Bible, but these are pretty random, and I'm pretty amazed at which ones are all added into this list. And let me just say this. We all have opinions about what's right and wrong, but God's word clearly enunciates what's right and what's wrong. And when I look at this list, there are a lot of things on this list that I used to be and be involved with and experiencing or might have become had I not said yes to Jesus. And there are some things to you that will be worse than others, but at the end of the day, all of these things are sin and all of these things are why Jesus had to come. And so if the really little one on this list for you is like, well, you know, that's not such a big deal, Jesus had to come and die for that. We have tremendous respect for his sacrifice, and so there are no little sins and no big sins. They're just the sins that you let skate in your own life and look down your nose in other people's lives. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, we as Christians, we love to get hobby horse things that we preach on, sinful. My, I had a pastor who every sermon three or four times mentioned drunkenness, and it was his thing. He liked to preach, and he got a lot of amens from it, okay? And I know that a lot of different churches, there's all sorts of hobby horses but no, pastors don't typically preach on their own sin, right? I, I'll keep going, okay? All sin is still sin. So it says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is God's word, and this is what God says is unrighteousness. You know what makes something sinful? Plain and simple. God says it is. So when I preach God's word, I'm not attacking any person or anything. I'm just repeating what God's word has said. Okay? And certainly as we declare God's word and we use God's word as a standard, all of us have been involved with a number of things on this list. Okay, And so the real key here is to understand that everyone has sin, and the beautiful thing is that Christ can not only forgive sin, but he helps people to overcome whatever sins they find themselves trapped in. Um, people basically become these things because their steps lead them there. Either their personal desires, or maybe it's been something that's been thrust upon their life, a situation or circumstance that happens, something that comes into their world that begins to move them off 
the, 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 the directive line that God has laid out for who they can become, and it pushes them ever so slightly off, and that ever so slightly off action leads to other things. Uh, but the beautiful thing about this portion of Scripture is that the Holy Spirit shows up, and it says, and such were some of you. What do you mean? We were what? We were these things in the verse before. And yet when God gets involved with our lives, he deals with us each individually on the thing that we struggle with, the thing that holds us back, the thing that is keeping us from being the best version of ourselves, and it begins to work there. Now, the Holy Spirit begins to show up and begins inviting us to become the better God-ordained version of ourselves. He gives us a revelation of who he is and what he's done for us. He gives us a revelation of who we can be. He gives us a revelation of who we are. In some cases, it's what we need to stop doing that's killing ourselves or what we need to start doing to experience life or to lean into the things that we never dreamed we could ever get to do but he has waiting for us. And I've already said this, but the very first step to becoming the best version of you is saying yes to Jesus. You could try, you can, you can take classes, you can read books, and you may improve your steps, but you will never be the best version of yourself until you get in alignment with the creator, the one who created you. And that creator, in, your, in his hands, you will function as you were designed to function. That partnership will allow you to experience the best version of you in all areas of your life. Now, every single step in that process to becoming is a step away from something. You get that? It's a leaving. It's I'm, I was here, and we can all admit I was there, but in order to experience what God has for me, I have to be willing to leave there to experience the better things that he has. It's exciting, that next step, when you can clearly see the something better. But I will also let you know it's incredibly terrifying when you know you have to take a step, but you really can't quite yet see the better thing that he's leading you into. And yet you know that you've got to walk away from that thing. It's especially difficult when it requires you to leave something that you valued, and it may not have been great, but at least it was good to you. And yet deep down in, you know God has something better, so you, you can't bridge the gap, and so you step across that line and walk away. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard, difficult moment. You know, if you were to read the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 22, Jesus is in, a, in an area where there are a lot of sick people and all sorts of diseases, and he goes up to one individual man, and in looking at this man, he uh, it's actually John chapter 5, verses 2 through 6, he asks this man who is almost 40 years old, who's been an invalid his entire life, he asks him a, a simple question. Do you want to be healed? Well, I would think that if you're an invalid, you would want to walk. However, what you got to understand is there are some perks of being an invalid. And if that's all you've ever been, there are certain honors that come with being an invalid. There are certain opportunities. Now, I'm not... I'm, this is probably politically incorrect to even like think along this lines, but Jesus asked the question. I don't care about politically correct. Anyways, Jesus asked the question, do you want to be healed? Because it's a real struggle 
when he asks you, do you want to go from what's pretty good to something that's actually great? Are you willing to leave this thing you're used to that has perks to experience something better? And by the way, I'll let you know what better is when we get there. You willing to leave this for what I have for you? You know, that's every time that God begins to work in our lives and invite us to take a step. Every time you go through that dilemma, do you really want to be well? Well, I don't know if I've got to go to work now. I don't know if I want to go to work. I, who will I be in the crowd if not everybody is like trying to help me? I, 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 I can't walk, but I am kind of the center of attention in some cases. There is some honor for me. And while this question was posed to this man, it might be a question for all of us in this room. Do you really want to be the best version of yourself? Because it'll take some effort, and maybe you're where you're at just because it's easy to coast. <laughs> I'm a guest speaker. The real pastor will be here next week. His name is Ben, and he meets at uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, okay? Because um, Jesus then has an encounter with a man in the book of Mark, chapter 10, and this man really wanted more of God. He was a good, good man. He followed a lot of rules. He was righteous in, his, in, in society's eyes, but how many of you know what's right in society's eyes is not necessarily what is right in God's eyes? Sometimes when you follow what society says is right, you are breaking God's law. I don't need to lean too hard into that. I'm be preaching to the choir. But so this man is saying, I want to take the next step. And Jesus says, well, are you following the rules? He said, oh, yeah, I honor my parents. I do this, I do that. Jesus looked at him, and this is specific to this man. He says, one thing you lack. He says, you need to give away all of your possessions and come and follow me. And the Bible says there that Jesus said when he, it says when Jesus said that to him, Jesus looked at him with love and then said, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have, come and follow me. And the man was disheartened by the saying, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Let me put a disclaimer on here. Jesus doesn't ask all rich people to give away their money to follow him. If that's what you're worried about, I'm going to follow Jesus, he's going to take all my money. That's not the case. But he will deal with the thing that's holding you back, the things from being the best version of yourself. And in this guy's case, this was the thing. And here's what I know about Jesus. Jesus probably would have, in a different way, blessed his life where the man would have, a year later, would have told you, I am so glad I gave away everything I have. Because anybody that I've met in this lifetime that responds to Jesus with a yes, a year later is very glad that they did. I have given away things that were a prized possession at the time. I've given away guitars and cars and money. And I am telling you, my, my life is overwhelmed with God's return blessings in my life. It is amazing. And it's not just tangible physical things. It's relationships. It's health. It's peace of mind. So many things. There's always a stepping away from what might even seem good, but it's not great. There's a difference between good and then God's best. A big difference. Don't settle for good when God's got better. Do not settle. Don't listen to that voice. Be bold. Be courageous. Step away from your comfort zone and say, God, let's go on the ride. By faith, let's see what will happen. 
I love that. I love that Rowena has been willing to jump off the cliff with us, with me so many times. Um, we've jumped, but it has taken us remarkable places. We've never just jumped to jump. We've prayed, we've heard from God, and then we've jumped. And it's like, ah! but we have been so privileged in this lifetime to see so many great things, to be a part of so many great lives, to, to watch God show up when you know he's got something better, you can't see the step, but you launch and you find yourself landing in the most amazing spaces in this lifetime. You won't experience that without God. Every day will just be boring, planned out in the flesh. Well, uh, this whole excitement that we have about safety nullifies faith. I'm not saying we're going to juggle chainsaws next week in church. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's risk in trusting God. What happens if God doesn't? Yeah, but what happens if he does? And if he's the one inviting you, if he's the one promising, buckle up, buddy, and jump. Because he's going to blow your mind as you land. Amen? Okay. Can I give you a couple things that you're going to leave? How am I doing time? Oh, i got 10 minutes. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, can, I, can, I, can I just hit a pause just for something? There's something that I wanted to say. All right, is this okay? Um, there's a number of you that are new in the last couple of years in our church family, and it's been so cool to have you in here. For those of you who are especially new maybe in the last six months, I, I want you to know that not only are you welcome, okay, but... You're in, a, you're in a place that we take you as you are when you walk in this place. I'm going to brag for a moment, and, and uh, I go to this amazing gym. See me afterwards. I know you don't know which gym it is, uh, but I go to this amazing gym. Actually, I used to go to this gym, and then my wife started going to my gym, so then I had to go to my gym more so that it wouldn't become her gym because there's nothing more humiliating to me as a man than my wife going more to my gym than I go to. And I couldn't go Thursday and Friday this week, and she went anyways, and now my wife goes to my gym without me. Um, but there's something cool at, that happens at my gym. It's a culture established by the owners and some of the employees. And I might get a little bit emotional about this, but, man, it means the world to me. Um, I go into that gym, and there's a, a huge variety of people that walk in there. There, there are a huge variety of ages. I watch women in their 60s walk in that place who do not know how to exercise, don't know how to do the things that are written on the board, don't know the right form, and yet they are embraced and welcomed and, and honored. And I watch as it happens, and I watch them inhale and build the confidence to work towards a better version of themselves. We've got people like that, and then we've got sculpted physiques, people like me who <laughs> you just pretty much jump, jump out of, you know, you jump, you're just there just to, to show off, you know, your new shoes and flex your muscles and stuff like that. Uh, but all, all kidding aside, there are some gyms that you walk into that if you're not ripped, there's no spot for you. There's no welcome. There's no, there's no beginner spot. There's no medium spot. I mean, you're embarrassed to go work out because, you know, you don't look great in, you know, a bikini and you're not walking around doing all this kind of stuff. And, 
Nobody talks to you unless you are. It's one of the things that, I, again, I lo- that I love about our gym. And uh, it's one of the things that I love about our church. Uh, what I'm trying to convey to you is if, if you walk in here and you see some of your actions are on one of the lists that I read, and you feel like, well, maybe my life's not lined up yet, or my relationships aren't lined up, or there's some things in my life that maybe I, nobody, I don't want anybody to know about. You're walking into a real group of people who are not perfect. We are being perfected. We're fighting for that. We want the better version of ourselves. But man, if it's your first time in this gym, you are welcome, and we embrace you, and we're glad to have you here, okay? Does that, that make sense? <laughs> the one thing we won't put up with is cocky Christians who think that they don't have sin will run you out of town in a heartbeat, okay? Well, we'll try to love you into reality. Okay, some, some things that you're going to have to step away from, some things you're going to have to leave, right? Let me give you a few. In this process, and this will happen all through your Christian life, this is not just up the front. This is gonna happen, this happens to me. In the process of walking with Jesus, there's new steps every day, new conversations or expanding conversations, and I hear the voice of the Lord speaking to me. I, I, I'm so excited about the growth that I've experienced as a believer and the journey that I've taken, but I'm also so frustrated that at the age of 37, I'm only where I'm at. <laughs> you, got, you got that, Jay? See, lying is still one of my struggles. Exaggeration. It's just, Okay. You're going to have to leave some unhealthy atmospheres, some unhealthy places, some unhealthy atmospheres you are still going to intentionally go into. I'm not saying that you're going to leave every unhealthy atmosphere. There are some unhealthy atmospheres that need your presence, and you better keep going there. And you be bold, and you walk into them, and you be the light of the world, and you shine your light. I remember I had a kid who was in about the ninth grade, and he came and announced to me uh, 20 years ago that he's leaving public school. There's a bunch of sinful things going on there, and he's going to be homeschooled. And I said, look, I don't have a problem with homeschooling, but if you're leaving public school so that you can be a safe light at home, you're going to kind of have to do that for the rest of your life. God's called us to be light in dark places, amen? Uh, there are times when you maybe switch from Home, uh, from public school to homeschool. I'm, I'm not against that, I, but, but that thought process of I don't want to be around unhealthy, in unhealthy places and unhealthy people. Jesus was seen regularly at parties with sinners because he would have not won anyone had he just hung around with all the righteous people because then he would have been with himself. I think it's an awesome thing for you to stick yourself at times into an unhealthy atmosphere. Well, I'd never be seen in a bar. Okay, well, maybe some of you should never go into a bar, but I tell you what, the person who goes into the bar with an agenda, uh, I, I'm, yeah, okay. To be able to shine the light, maybe to reach a friend who's at the bar. So, but there are times when you have to leave an atmosphere, leave a place that continually brings out a lesser version of you. When you find yourself in an environment where you're striving to be the better version of you, but this place causes you to, brings out the worst version of you and you can't win that battle. That's when you shift that atmosphere. And those atmospheres are places, they are maybe groups of friends, maybe they are clubs, maybe 
Maybe it's a group that you've grown up with. There are times when you're going to have to look at an atmosphere and going into number two, relationships where you might have to step away from. Does that make sense? Now, number two, this this is similar but a little bit different, some unhealthy relationships. Now, let's be real clear. Every relationship is a little bit unhealthy because you're in it. You get you got me? Let's be clear about this. We don't cancel anybody. Don't you ever cancel people. That's the most ridiculous thing that our society has come up with. Hiding behind, I just need safe boundaries. Listen, the problem with your safe boundary is you are on the wrong side of it. You need to get away from you most of the time, and it's not other people. Um, There are some unhealthy relationships you just flat need to work through. Father, I can't have Judas in my group. Do you realize he's going to betray me? Peter's going to deny me. All these guys are going to take off. All I do is pour my heart out into their lives, and they keep screwing things up. It's because he was there to influence them to the better version of themselves. God has called you to be God's representative and be the be the catalyst so that they can see a path to the better version of themselves. If you cancel them, who's going to have influence in their life for the kingdom of God? Some unhealthy relationships you'll need to work through. And we keep unrighteous people in our lives to influence them. But then there are occasions and times where we have a relationship that is bringing out the worst version of us or bringing about things that are debilitating to our lives. And even then we don't cancel them, but we do step back and we communicate because people don't read minds. I don't care what your favorite program says. People don't read minds and we're bold and we have a conversation and we lay out very clearly what we're doing and why. We don't, ah, it's better not to say anything. No, it's not. It's never better to not say anything. You communicate, listen, I'm no longer going to be able to spend as much time with you because to be honest with you, whatever, fill in the blank. However, that doesn't mean our relationship is over, and this is where you want to continue with the conversation. I still love you. I still value you. And I will miss our time together. And if some changes are able to be brought around, we might be able to step into this relationship again. Does that sound okay? I think having that conversation with people is important because a lot of times we walk away from people and never give them an explanation, and where's the opportunity for any growth there? Well, they weren't going to listen to me anyways. That's their issue. Your failure to communicate is your issue. That's a problem. I'm guilty of these things too, okay? Um, uh, Number three, you're going to have to uh, step away from some valued behaviors and activities that you personally enjoy, but they are keeping you from becoming the best version of yourself. You know, if your hobby keeps you out of church, where is the opportunity for God to really speak from an outside voice into your life? And there's nothing wrong with your hobby, but it could be that 
the clutter in your life will keep you from the best things that God has for you. There could be a, a habit that you have, but it's actually, it's killing you physically, or it's burning up all of your time. So one thing that we all have limited is limited time, and there are times when things in our life take up too much space and need to be cut back. There's some things that we do that lead to death. There are some things that we are doing that are contrary to Scripture. And when you're doing something contrary to Scripture, what's that called? Let me hear it. Three-letter word. Sin. Okay. And we're to do what? We're to say no to sin, yes to God. No, no to the devil, yes to Jesus, right? Okay. There's also going to be some things that the Holy Spirit's going to just speak to you personally about that guess what? Looking around, let's see. Trisha gets to do, but you don't. If you are looking for a fair God, you ain't going to find him in this book. A just God, yes. But God has a different plan for Jay Hofer than he does for Tyler Davenport. And he knows Tyler's strengths and weaknesses and Jay's strengths and weaknesses. And God might actually allow Jay to do some things that Tyler's not allowed to do. But God, Jay gets to do those things. You ain't Jay. There are some things that are not sin for everybody, but are sin for you. If God says in his word that it's a sin, it's a sin for all of us. There's no debate. But there are some things that God will deal with your heart that you can no longer participate in that other people can. I've got close friends, wouldn't have a drink of alcohol ever at all. We know the Bible is very clear. It says to be drunk is sin. So no argument there. But to have a drink socially I know some people are like, I would never have a drink. I don't even want to get close to that. I have the utmost respect for them. In their heart, they've made the decision in their relationship with God that something I can do, they don't do. And they have the same, hopefully the same respect for me in the process of that. We know what sin is, but then God deals with each of us on the areas that he's not, very, he's not specific about. You guys want to sing? I didn't hear any music. Is there music? Is back there Oh, see, that's how I know when it's time to wind up. You're getting sleepy, Steve. <laughs> Here's something else that you need to walk away from. Dishonest, dishonoring storylines that we like to tell about our past. You know, about our exes and our old loves and our old bosses, our old churches. Dishonest stories because... Um, Sometimes we like to paint ourselves as the victim when really we, we were a participant in what happened. <laughs> but you know what? They get a lot of attention out of being a victim. And then there are some times where you're the, you are the victim, you were the victim, but sharing the story just over and over is dishonoring. And it's just spewing a lot of smell into the air for everyone listening. There are some people that need to know the details of your story, maybe that are rough, but not everybody. And yet we cling to these stories because they're our identity. I've been through this, I've been through that, they did that to me, they did this. Oh, you can't believe what happened. And it becomes our identity. It's things you see posted on Facebook that you read and you're like, why would they ever put that on Facebook? And yet sometimes we share those same stories over coffee with friends. Listen, you're, you know what your story is? Man, my rearview mirror has got some junk, but God's got some good stuff for me moving forwards. 
I've done some stupid things. I've had some stupid things done to me. Thank God Jesus came and my future is looking better. Amen? Amen. Last one, some debts and dues. There's some forgiveness for others that you need to extend. You're just going to need to let it go. And then there's going to be some extension of that same grace to yourself. Stop holding yourself hostage because of something you did. Look to God. Father, forgive me. Then look to the cross. He died. Look to the tomb. It's empty. And know that, okay, we've got that covered. Let's move forward. How many of you dig through old old drawers filled with bills from 20 years ago that you paid, thinking about, oh my gosh, I wonder if this is actually paid. How many of you do that? Anybody? No. Okay, so stop messing with your old sins. You make it right with Jesus? Yeah? Okay, stand with me. Ready to pray? Okay, this is a great week. It's a great month. It's a great year. Some of you just came back from a great vacation. Saw some pictures. Man, some of you got great hair. Then others of you have too much. I don't know. I think this is pretty great myself, personally. I want to, I want to go ahead and pray for you. Why don't you go ahead and bow your, bow your head, and I'm going to go ahead and pray. Uh, before I do, I just want to help you to take the next step into your better version of you. If you have yet to actually officially say yes to Jesus, it's really simple to be able to pray that prayer. I'm going to pray it with you here in just a second. But if you want to start or you need to start, you've been hanging around, you've been coming to church, you've been loving some of the things that are going on, but you know it's time for you to actually step in and make that commitment. I want you just to raise your hand where you're standing and I'm gonna go ahead and pray for you in a second. I'm not gonna do anything special to call you out, but just put your hand up real quick and then you can put it back down and you and I will have a conversation afterwards and we'll be able to say, okay, we're starting the journey, okay? Okay, if you're in the room tonight and you know that there's some specific next steps and you've been a little concerned about those next steps because it's a little bit frightening but they're specific and you know there's some changes that you gotta make. Maybe it's a, you know, it's changing the storyline or leaving a behavior or making an adjustment with a relationship, but you know it's time. You, you know, as soon as I started talking about this, that showed up in your thought process and you're like, oh boy, I know what he's talking about. You know that you need to take a next step. I want you just to raise your hand so that we can pray for you as a group as well, okay? You got a next step that you need to take, okay? Okay, let's go ahead and let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. I thank you for your people. We've been able to gather in this wonderful place. We Again, we pray a blessing over Pastor Ben, his wife, his children, their church. Father, your kingdom is a beautiful thing. There's so many different nuances and flavors and fragrances all making up a beautiful kingdom. We ask your blessing over this church family. We pray its best de days are ahead. Give Pastor Ben wisdom and understanding and insight, your anointing, to make good decisions, to lead well, to, to, to launch himself faith-filled into the days ahead. And we pray that blessing over them. Father, I pray next step blessing over your people. There are some people in this room that are taking their first steps into relationship with you, God. Let it quickly pay off. Let them see the changes and adjustments for the better. Father, there's some in this room making decisions financially. They're going to begin to do some new things financially. Let them see the payoff in their life. Father, there are some that are making adjustments in relationships, making decisions to forgive. Father, I pray that as they work on that, that, that process, God, you'll lift the load and allow them to be free and, 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 and to be well. Just like you said, do you want to be made well? 
Yes. And you invited that man to step forward. Father, you invite us to step forward. I pray for over each person. I pray for recovery. I pray for health. I pray, God, for the next season of our, our individual and corporate ministry. God, we're stepping forward into a new place. The ground where we step is, is made holy because we, your holy people, step there. God, good things are going to be people who walk in to a relationship with you because we walked into a new place in town. So, Father, we just speak over our church family, your favor, your blessing. We're going to journey with you. We're going to go in faith. We're going to trust you. Your best is ahead. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.